0: What I'm sharing with you today is one of the best texts in all the Bible. You say, Brother Steve, you say that every week. Well, there's just a bunch of good texts in the Bible. Amen? How many of you know there's no book like the Bible? Amen? Amen. So let's look at it. Over the years, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people. And when I ask people, what is it that you think mankind really wants? A lot of times it comes down to this. We want peace. Some form of peace. We want what the Hebrews call shalom. Shalom. We want peace that only God can give. We want a peace in the midst of the storm. We've been singing about that today. We started off with that very, very song. People want peace in their families, in their marriage. Man, when it's not right at home, it's not right, is it? They want peace with their children, with their finances, financial peace. They want peace in their workplace. They want to get along with their fellow employees and their employers. They want peace in their church. They don't want their church fighting and quarreling. There's enough fussing out there. We don't need it in here. And We want peace in our nation, political peace, racial peace. We want peace in our world. We don't want war. We want peace. We want nations to get along with each other. I sure would like to have peace in the media, wouldn't you? Don't you wish that CNN would go shake the hands of Fox and they could just get along for a while instead of dramatizing the news? But most of all, The people that I've contacted over the last 40, 45 years, what they want is peace in their heart, peace in their soul, peace in their mind. Well, that's better than anything money can buy. Peace. How do you get peace? You can only get it through God's Son, who is the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Paul said in Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. John said the same thing in his second little letter. Just a few verses is all it is. 2 John chapter 1, verse 3, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. The Apostle Paul lived an abundant life. Before he was a Christian, he persecuted Christians. He killed Christians. He hated the way. That's what Christianity was referred to early on. You can read about that several times. It's mentioned in Acts chapter 19. But then one day, Jesus met Paul on the road to Damascus told him to go to Jerusalem and there 3 days after he met Jesus he was blind those 3 days and God sent a soul winner now, I love this do you, do you know what what street he was on in Damascus straight street God straightened him out amen on straight street and guess who whose house he was at a guy's name Judas, not the one that betrayed the Lord, but I just think the whole thing is just pretty cool. Here he is in Judas' house on Straight Street, lost as a goose, blind as a bat, and God sends him a soul winner. God's got this man right where he wants him. Ananias shared the gospel. Paul got saved, not on the road, but at the house, three days after Jesus met him. He repented, the Bible says, at the house, not on the road. And he believed in Jesus and was saved and then got baptized. And after he got saved, man, he had the peace of God the rest of his life. He was put in jail. He was beaten. But he never lost the peace of God. I got news for you. You can get the peace of God in your heart so deep that this world cannot take it out. Amen? How many of you want that kind of peace? Amen? Well, that's what he's talking about in Philippians 4. This is some of my favorite scriptures. Look at Philippians 4, verses 1 and following. Shalom, the God of peace be with you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy, my crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord. Let's all say that together. Stand firm in the Lord. And he calls them my beloved. I urge you, Odea. I urge syncharchy to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement, also in the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, And anything worthy of praise, dwell, think, meditate on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. How many of you want the God of peace to be with you? Amen. Well, you got to do what he says. It's not for everybody, but it's for those who do what he says right here. What's he say? Glad you asked. I'll tell you. Number one, if you want God's shalom, his peace, you gotta stand firm in the Lord. You gotta stand firm in the Lord. And the devil's gonna try to knock you off of that stance, but you don't let him. You're gonna stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse one. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy, my crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Oh, this tells you that he loved the Christians. Remember when He went to Philippi. He had such a special ministry there. He right out of the gate led a wealthy woman to the Lord who was a businesswoman named Lydia. She said, you don't have any place to stay, do you? And he said, nope. And she said, won't you all come to my house, you and all your friends, and we'll just let the church be there. The first church in Philippi was a house church, the house of a rich woman named Lydia. But it wasn't long till they were out on the streets and Paul was being pestered by a woman who was demonized, kept on saying good content, but she did it at the wrong time, interrupting him. And so finally he cast the demon out and she was a fortune teller. And the Bible says she was demonized. And when, she, when he cast that demon out, she got saved and her owners got mad. They had Paul arrested, beaten, Paul and Silas. They were thrown in the Philippian jail. But you know what? That girl joined the church. She joined the church and she was sitting right there, probably right by Lydia. You got a rich woman and you got a poor former slave and they all came together. One was a Jew, one was a Gentile, but they still were brought together by Christ. And then the Bible says Paul and Silas started singing at midnight. If you read it, it sounds like a country music song. It was midnight. They were singing. They'd been beaten. They were all bloody and everything else. They started, but, and, and the Bible says all the prisoners were listening and God was listening too. And God opened the jail. And the Bible says that they didn't escape, but rather the jailer was about to kill himself. He was a former Roman soldier. And he ran and fell at their feet and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your family. And they all got saved. And instead of having a breakout, they had a breakout of revival there. And he baptized. Paul did all of the family that night. And they were eating and everything else. And that, that's the church at Philippi that he's writing. I can just get lost in all that stuff. And I just thank God for the, the beauty of the scriptures. So that's where he was. And so he said to all these beloved brethren, You're my crown. You're my joy. Stand firm in the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Well, I know what it means. I I heard a little song when I was a kid. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me and the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Turn back to what? I don't want to go there. I left there and said, good riddance, amen? Amen. I don't want to go back to the world. I don't want to go back to sin. I want to walk with the Lord. That's what standing firm means. No matter what, I'm going to stand with Jesus. He stood with me when nobody else would stand stand with me. I'll stand with him even if I'm by myself. I won't be by myself. I'll be with him. I don't know what the days ahead are going to Give us, nobody does except God. I do think that unless Jesus really sends an outpouring of his spirit, it's going to get exceedingly different to be difficult to be a Bible-believing Christian. It's going to get harder and harder. That's why we need to stand firm in the Lord. Will you stand firm? When our culture openly rejects the Bible, the Word of God? Will you stand firm when our culture openly rejects that Jesus is the only way to God? Will you stand firm when the LGBTQ proponents berate and try to redefine biblical marriage? Will you stand firm when society tries to redefine gender and they don't even want to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman? Will you stand firm Will you stand firm when little babies are being butchered and that's what it is? That's all you can call it. If they killed a a dog like they kill a little unborn baby, somebody would be put in jail. Will you stand firm and say, that's not of God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in the womb. Will you stand firm when people hate people because of the color of their skin? Will you say, you know what? Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world and all the adults too. Will you stay, will you openly say, I firmly stand with Jesus and the Bible? You know, Paul did. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, therefore, my beloved, Brethren, be steadfast, immovable. In other words, stand firm, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. When everybody else is fleeing, when everybody else is failing, when everybody else is falling, will you stand firm in the Lord? That's how you get the peace of God. God gives people that do that the peace of God. Secondly, if you want God's peace, you have to live harmoniously with the Lord's people. No, amens on that. <laughs> Can we go back to being right with God? <laughs> no, we're going to be right with people. No, amens still. <laughs> Look at uh, verse two. I urge you, Odia. I urge Saintiki to live in harmony. In the Lord, I hear people all the time, we need to be like the early church. These people were having a fuss. You know what? We are like the early church. They needed to live in harmony. They were fussing at Philippi. It was serious enough for Paul to address it in a letter for everybody to see. Hey, tell these two ladies to stop it. Cut it out. Live in harmony. Be amiable, be agreeable, just agree to disagree. We're not all going to see everything eye to eye, and that's okay. We don't have to see everything all to, eye to eye. As long as we believe the word of God, we're not going to question that, but we're, we don't have to you know, follow every little thing that the other person has. You know, there are just some things that are discretionary. There are some things that are not up for debate. All right? But we need to be nice and kind. Indeed, verse 3, true companion, I ask you, help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel. These ladies said, help Paul win people to Christ together with Clement also and all the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I mean, our, our names are in the book of life all of our names, and we're fussing with each other. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us in the Southern Baptist Convention? that we, They've been fighting. I've been in the thing for 45 years. They've been fighting the whole 45 years. They just find things to fight about. We need to stop it. It's not a good witness for Christ. We need to be realizing that one of these days, we're all going to be worshiping God. Our names are in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 20, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the demonic spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Could we just thank God right now that our names are written down in the book of life? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Live harmoniously with God's people. You know, Jesus unites, but the devil divides. He's always wanting to divide us on secondary doctrines. He wants to divide us on styles of music. Oh, my. He wants to divide us on theology, denominations. He wants us fighting with each other, because when we're fighting with each other, we can't fight him. Years ago I heard this saying, now listen, to live below or to live above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, now that's a different story. (laughs) That Christian you don't like, God's going to put you right by him in heaven. So you'll have all eternity to straighten things out. Amen? (laughs) You say, how do you know? I don't but it wouldn't surprise me. If we're going to be up there forever, don't you think we ought to get along down here? Yeah. It's easier to love Christ sometimes than it is Christians. I get it. Christ never sinned. People sin all the time, including you and me. But we got to think about a lost world before we start fighting in the church. You say, oh, Brother Steve, is something wrong with the church? Not that I know of. (laughs) But it's always right at the doorstep. Amen. Amen. Jesus said in John 13, the night before he died, a new commandment I give to you that you read it out loud. Love one another. Even as I have loved you. Think about that. Love each other like I love you. That you might also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. Not by your perfect theology, not by your fancy preaching, but by your love for one another. That's how people are going to know that you're my disciples, if you have love. For one another. Whatever causes you to hate another Christian is not worth it. You want God's peace? Then live harmoniously with the Lord's people. Number three, if you want God's peace, rejoice in the Lord. Say that with me. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, I, I said this years ago when I was a young preacher and I realized that it was bad English, but it was good theology, and I've said it ever since. You can't rejoice until you have first rejoiced. He's saying, you've had joy before. Get your joy back. How many of you think that maybe some Christians need to get their joy back? Anybody out there? How many of you think maybe I need and you need to get our joy back? Amen. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. That's why the devil doesn't want us to walk in joy. He wants us to walk in sadness and discouragement. He wants us to be eager. Oh, it's me. Oh, it's me woe is me. Come on, man. Come on. Rejoice. I don't feel like it. Who cares what you feel like? doesn't matter what you feel like. Just do it anyway. Well, I think it'd be hypocritical. No, it's not. It's faith. When you rejoice and you're hurting and you're in pain and you don't feel good, that's the time to rejoice. You're not rejoicing for the problem. You're rejoicing in the problem. There's a big difference. It's a statement of faith. Saying, you know what? Things may be going bad, but God's still on the throne. I'm going to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Look at the object of the Christian worship there. Rejoice in the Lord. We can argue over Other things, but we're not going to argue about Jesus. We are going to agree on Jesus. We don't worship the pastor. We don't worship the singers. We don't worship the Sunday school classes or the teachers. We don't worship anything like that. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at the frequency of it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Always means every day. Again, I say rejoice means several times a day. I'm going to just start rejoicing. Well, the minute I start feeling like I'm going down the rabbit hole of unbelief, I'm just going to start rejoicing. I'm not going, to, going down. I'm not going to live in defeat. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rejoice. I have a say in the matter. I don't have to live in doubt. I can just start rejoicing. I don't have to live in self-pity. I'm just going to start rejoicing. I don't have to live in guilt and condemnation. I'm going to start rejoicing. I don't have to live in fear or discouragement. I'm going to start rejoicing. Just whenever I feel anything negative from the enemy or my flesh coming on, I'm just going to say, you know, when I'm tempted, I'm going to start rejoicing in Jesus. You know why? Because When you praise Jesus and rejoice, you bring in the presence of God. And the presence of God is what we need. Do it all day long. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And look at the witness. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. When you act like that, people are going to say, what in the world has he got that I don't? You're going to say, all I have that you don't is Jesus. It's all I've got that's different from you. And look at the witness of it. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. And look at the hope of it. The Lord is near. Christ is coming back. Praise the living God. We can rejoice in the Lord. I saw something yesterday or in the last few days that was just beautiful. I I just really appreciate this. It was written earlier in the year, and it says, with all the problems the world is facing, it can be unsettling to the mind. Today, I'll share with you 10 predictions that are true, top 10 predictions for 2021. Oh, I love this. The Bible will still have all the answers. Can I have an amen? Amen. Prayer will still be the most powerful thing on earth. Can I have an amen? The Holy Ghost will still move. Can I have an amen? God will still honor the praises of his people. Can I have an amen? There will still be God-anointed preaching. Can I have an amen? There will still be singing of the praises to God. Can I have an amen? God will still pour out blessings upon his people. Amen? There will still be room at the cross for every lost person. Can I have an amen? Jesus will still love you. Can I have an amen? Jesus will still save the lost when they call upon him and come to him. Can I have an Amen? Why why are we so down? Oh brother Steve, we're in trouble. Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Quit complaining. Good, gracious. If you want God's peace, rejoice in the Lord, regardless of what the devil says. Regardless of who's in the White House, regardless of what the stock market does, regardless of how you feel. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. The goofiest song ever written. Regardless of what's going on at work. Regardless of what's going on at home. Even when your marriage is not lovey-dovey. If I believed everything I saw on Twitter and Facebook, how happy everybody is, they may post that stuff, but it ain't happening at home the way it looks on the, on the screen, I'll tell you that. Not an amen in the bunch, all right. <laughs> Why don't you put on there when you got the flu or something, you know, and just put that on there. Just say, I feel bad today, thank you. Even when you're running out of money. Even when your kids aren't doing good at school. Even when your boss is being a pain in the neck. Even when your head hurts and your feet hurt. You know, when my feet hurt, my whole self hurts. Amen? Even when your back aches. Even when your refrigerator is as hollow as a shell on the seashore. Rejoice in the Lord. Give him praise. I love what Habakkuk said. He, he was living in a mess. The armies of the enemy were coming to destroy the place of God, going to tear down the temple and everything else. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise God. I love what he said in Habakkuk 3. And by the way, you better get to know the book of Habakkuk because when you get to heaven, what if a little Jewish man walks up and you say, how would you like my book? <laughs> What's your name? Habakkuk. Spell it. <laughs> better watch out. Habakkuk's a bad dude, man. I'm telling you. This guy's got it going on. Listen to this. Though the fig tree should not blossom. Oh, I love this. And the fields, and the, there be no fruit on the vines. Though the yield of the olive oil should fail, and the fields produce no food. Though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice. Say it with me. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on high places. Oh, Christian, do you want the peace of God? Start rejoicing in the Lord. Amen. I did it last night. I'm doing it. i preached myself happy already. If you want God's shalom, rejoice in the Lord. Then, if you want God's shalom, pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Look at verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. You know what nothing means? Nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. There it is now with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Say that with me. Let your requests be made known to God. That's prayer. What if I say the wrong thing? God will figure it out. Don't worry. When you pray the wrong thing, God will answer in the right way. God's not depending on me praying right. He's just going to bless my prayers. And when he sees me trying to do right, he's going to say, hey, I understand what you're saying. And I'll do the right thing. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart. That's your emotions and your mind in Christ Jesus. Pray instead of worry. Let your requests be made known to God. Even a child can do that. And when you do that, here's the reward of praying, the peace of God. It passes all understanding and comprehension. It's going to guard, it's going to protect your heart. You can't protect your heart, but God can if you'll pray. If you'll pray about everything and quit worrying all the time. Every time you're tempted to worry, just say, nope, that doesn't do any good. not going down that rabbit hole. I'm going to pray. Pray instead of worry. The peace of God that passes all comprehension will guard your heart, your emotions, and your mind, your thoughts. Boy, if I could just get my, my emotions and my thoughts right, I'd be okay. How to do that is to pray every day, every day. Not a, not a little prayer on the way to work. When you're dodging people in Memphis, <laughs> that's no time to pray. That's that's time to have all eyes on deck, amen. Focus it. Stay in the right lane, go to the speed limit, let the rest of them do whatever they're gonna do. Don't worry about it. But pray. And God will guard you in Christ Jesus. The whole world is looking for that sort of peace. And it's only, you ready for this? What I'm talking about is only available to people who know Jesus Christ. That's it. People outside of Christ can't have this kind of peace. You don't get this peace out of a bottle. You don't get this peace out of dope. You don't get this peace out of sin. You get this peace out of Christ. I had a prayer recently answered. Don't you love it when God answers prayer? I live in a neighborhood, and right when I come out of my uh, street that I live on, I turn left, and there's this big curve. And you can't see around the whole thing. But somebody, they didn't just park. They planted a big old van there in that curve. It was there for almost two months. And so I was just driving, I said, well, I'm just going to have to call somebody on our neighborhood committee deal and complain. And the Lord said, "Uh, no, you're not. (laughs) Well, Lord, he said, why don't you just pray about it? I said, well, that's a novel idea. (laughs) Why don't I just pray about it? So I started praying about it. Lord is my witness. It has been there two months. I drove by. On the way to church, it was still there. I prayed for a week. I came back. It was gone. <laughs> it was gone. Now you say, why would you pray about something like that? Well, I, I'm telling you, it was so big, I'd, I, I'd, I just, I, when I started going around it, I was afraid, Brother Drew, that some truck was going to be coming and just run all over me. It was dangerous. I prayed about it. How many of you know God can move a van? Amen? <laughs> that's no big deal to God. Can you just say, God, what am I going to do? They've parked the van in the wrong place. I don't know what to do about that. No, God can say, okay, man, get out of the way. My boy is talking to me about this. Get out of the way. You say, that's crazy. I don't think God does that. You think whatever you want to. I, I, I'm, a, I'm through with worry and I'm in on praying, amen? Matthew 6, 6, but you, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will what, say it out loud, reward you. How many of you believe that? Colossians 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer. Prayer's not a, Little thing on the side, prayer is the essence of the Christian life. When you love somebody, you talk with them. So you want the peace of God? Pray to the Lord. Number five, you want the peace of God? Meditate on the Lord. Look at verse 8. Oh, this is good. Finally, brethren. Whatever's true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever's good repute or good reputation, if there's any excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, dwell, meditate, think about these things, focus, meditate. That's what dwell means. Meditate on what's true, what's loyal, what's trustworthy. Oh, there are a few dependable people nowadays. Meditate on that which is true. Meditate on that which is honorable, which is moral and decent, even, even in the midst of all the perversity in our culture. Meditate on what is right, what is accurate, what is correct, even though we live in a culture filled with lies. Focus on what's right. Focus on what's pure, what's wholesome, what's chaste, what's morally ethical. And our ethics are at an all-time low, in my opinion. But meditate on that which is pure. Meditate on that which is lovely, which is attractive and winsome. Our world is filled with ugliness and cruelty, but there are some pretty things out there that are beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Focus on that. Things that are lovely. And then of good repute, that is reputable, decent, honest. Even when there are many dishonest people, there is an honest God. Focus on that. Focus on that which is excellent, that which is superb, admirable, admirable, however you want to say it. We live in a day that settles for mediocrity. We need to settle Not for mediocrity, but we need to strive for excellence. And then focus on that which is praiseworthy, that's commendable and laudable. Most of our culture, a lot of our culture, is worthy of a rebuke. But let's not focus on that only. Let's focus, look, focus on that which is praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. I read a survey. It says... That people are just using these phones. Now, I've got this up here right now to tell me how many minutes I've preached. I've preached 35 minutes, 10 seconds, and it's counting. (laughs) If you're the least bit interested. (laughs) But how many of you know you can waste time on these things? This is a rabbit hole right here I'm holding up. And you can stay down in this thing and come up with less to show for it than anything else you own. According to a survey conducted in February 2021, that's just this past February in the USA, nearly half the respondents stated that on average they spend five to six hours a day on their phone on a daily basis, not including work-related smartphone use. Wow. 22% said they spent three to four hours on an average on their phone, not at work. 5%, only 5% said we spend less than an hour a day on our phone. He said, Brother Steve, i got to have my phone. What were you doing 15 years ago? Does anybody remember before these things showed up? How much time do you waste on a phone, and how much time do you spend meditating on that which is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, excellent, and worthy of praise. You know how the book of Psalms, you know how the Hebrew hymnal opens up? The first three verses of Psalm 1. Look at them on the screen. It's so good, let's read it together. Here we go. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now here it comes. And in his law he what? meditates how often day and night he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and in its leaf does not wither and whatever he does he prospers. how many of you want to be like a tree in the Lord amen I mean you got deep roots man you're standing here comes the storm you say I'm not going down because I've been in the word of God amen amen Comes from the Word. You say, I want the peace of God. Then obey the Lord or meditate on the Lord. And then finally, you want the peace of God? Obey the Lord. Look at verse 9. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Don't don't just don't just hear the word. Be a doer of the word. Obey the word. Jesus finished his great sermon on the mount saying, don't just hear the word, obey the word. He gave this famous illustration in Matthew 7. Look at it on the screen. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, say that with me, acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, slammed against that house, and it Yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Guess what? You can live for Jesus and you're still going to have problems, but you're going to be standing on the rock because you live in the word and you do what God says. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came. Winds blew, slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Merely hearing God's word won't help you, but doing God's word will. So whatever you get out of this today, don't you just say, boy, that was a good sermon. No, 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 no. That's not. What you say is when you say, when you, when you get through hearing a sermon, you say, how am I going to put that into, into use? What one thing am I going to do this week different because of that message from the word of God? That's how you listen to a sermon. You don't listen to it like some opera thing, no. You listen to it like, you know what, this is life or death, and I want to live for God. I heard the word today, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to try to ask God to help me to be different. I don't know about you, but my life is going by fast. I, last weekend, I wasn't here. Some of y'all well, I didn't know that. Well, then you weren't here. <laughs> he said, where were you? Glad you asked. I was in Alabama at a state park with five of my high school buddies. There we are. We didn't look like that back in the day. <laughs> the guy to the far right Worked for NASA. He lives in Virginia now. The guy in the orange shirt lives in Dyersburg, one of my best friends, Victor. We used to ride around in his pickup truck. The guy with the white beard there is one of my best friends, Charlie Yates. He has a big uh, company, a real estate company up in Murfreesboro. The guy back there in the back there with the blue checkered shirt on back in the back is a lawyer here in town. And then Gerald right next to me lives in Huntsville, He's a business consultant. And we grew up together. Philip moved in in the 10th grade. We played football together. We played all kinds of things together and just had a great time. And we all said, why haven't we gotten together before now? All of us are saved. All of us love the Lord. Even though we didn't in high school, but we do now. I just put that up there just to let you know. Time's going by. Just keep breathing. Don't you want to live in peace before you die? They say when they lay in the grave, rest in peace. It's a little late for that. A little late for that. I don't want to rest in peace. I want to live in peace. And I can do it if I do it God's way. Amen. Let's thank God for speaking to our hearts today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up. 42 minutes. All right. Praise the Lord. We're getting getting quicker every week. Just like a cat. Hey, look at me. I've tried to keep it light today. But look at me. I know it's tough out there. And I'm not a comedian and I'm not trying to be. But what I'm talking about to me is one of the most important things in the Christian life. Because when you don't walk in peace, you're literally saying to God, God, you're not enough. You can't handle my stuff. You can't handle my problem. I got news for you. Your problems God can handle way better than you can. You say, what do I do? I've already given you six or seven things to do right there. God gave it to you. You just go, just do what God says and you'll get what God promises. Just do what he says. You'll get what he promises. And he promises peace that the world can't give you, that drugs can't give you that immorality can't give you, that sin can't give you, that the devil can't give you, that nothing else can give you, money can't give you. The peace of God is what the whole world is wanting. You can only get it from Jesus. I pray that you'll do do what God says. I just gave it to you. I'm just one beggar telling you where I found bread. I gave you the bread today. You got to eat it though. So I can't chew it for you. I can't swallow it for you. I can't digest it for you. You got to get it down in your soul. And this little 40 whatever minute sermon it was, it's not good enough. You got to take it in your heart. Feed on it all week long. And just say, God, I want to live in peace. I want to live in the peace of God. I want the shalom of God on my family. I want the shalom of God on this nation. I want the shalom of God on this church. I want the shalom of God on my kids and their kids. I want the shalom of God on my life, dear God. I want, when I walk into a room, when I leave that room, I want to leave behind the peace of God, not turmoil. I don't want to leave a wake of turmoil behind me, God, and everybody say, boy, glad he's gone. I want them to walk me in the room. I want there to be peace when I show up, and I want it to be the peace of God. Amen. 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 Amen.